What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 13 of season four. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it's your boy, Boston Bruno. Kurt, we're both Boston boys here, but ask me why I'm Boston Bruno. Bruno, why are you Boston Bruno? Again, this is a Boston podcast. We're both Boston boys, Kurt. And Kurt, what I'm about to say, you've done a lot of in your life, but uh, hashtag asterisk car permitting, your boy is going to the Celtics game on Wednesday against the Heat. And the Patriots game on Thursday against the Bills. We got a little two for back to back action going on this week. I haven't told you yet. This is your live reaction. Uh, I wish the people could see my face because I, <laughs> I'm very excited for you, my friend. Um, yes, you should just sleep. Well, actually, they play in Foxborough, so I was like, ah, uh, just sleep over in Boston. But no, out in second. Yeah, <laughs> yes, got a little uh, heat action on uh, Wednesday. Obviously, the Celtics are playing right now. Kurt texted me. I was finishing up recaps and stuff. Kurt texted me a screenshot of the Celtics score, which is right now, I think, in the second quarter. We were up like 30 after the, after the first quarter. It was like 45 so. 17. <laughs> Did you see that Blake Griffin dunk, by the way? I saw the highlight on Twitter. Dude, Joe Missoula basketball <laughs> is everything I didn't I didn't know I needed in my life. Yeah, it's it is sexy. So obviously, it's one thing doing against the Hornets, which will still take the Heat. I don't think they've been that good this year, but traditionally, or at least last like one to three years, they've been a good rival of ours. So hopefully, they they put up a good game on Wednesday. Obviously, I still want us to win. And then you know, I'd rather win both games. Am I more confident on the Wednesday game than the Thursday game? Perhaps, but you know, anything is possible. Kurt, Kevin Garnett. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give you a, a scenario right now. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, you go to the Celtics game on Wednesday night, and they lose. Oh, boy. But it starts an eight-game losing streak for the Celtics. Or, oh, God. (laughs) Or you see the Patriots win on Thursday. Like, that's the only two options here. Like, the Celtics either can win and the Patriots lose, or the Celtics have an eight-game losing streak and the Patriots win Thursday. Oh, God. I mean, I feel like I like this isn't this isn't taking into consideration fandom like what I like more, but I feel like the Patriots need wins at this point. So I have to take the Patriots like it's, you know, Kurt, we're going to get to it. But like we're in, the Patriots are in dire straits. Celtics, again, let's not forget they were like 22 and 24 last year and made the finals. So they can they're, they're at 16 and four right now. They can they can take eight losses and still be in the playoffs. Kurt. The Patriots can, cannot take eight losses and still be in the playoffs. <laughs> no, you are correct about that, my friend. Uh, yeah, I would do the same. Very yeah. Good choice. Good choice. So, good choice. We'll see. Um, I, I hope and I pray uh, that. You have better luck this season at Patriots games than me. I've lost to the Dolphins and the Bears. (laughs) (laughs) 
when you put it like that, Kurt, I don't like that you said I've lost to them. I mean, I know what you mean, but like <laughs> that doesn't make us feel good. I was 13 and 0 going into last season. The last two years have really humbled me. I know. I was gonna say I don't know what the first year of this cycle was, but I was like, let me channel like 2005 to 2018, Kurt, when I go. Yeah, because I was 13 and 0, and then last year I went to seven games. I had an okay record last year. I was above 500. Seven. Yeah, Damn. I still am financially recovering. Dude, that's like like half the season. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I was on the road, boy. <laughs> yeah, well, also that. Yeah. Damn. Also, people forget you went to the Super Bowl. That people forget. Happened. I drove to Carolina last year for a game. <laughs> people forget. <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't drive. So when, when I said we're Boston boys, I I literally meant that we are bo- we're Boston boys. Uh, to an unhealthy capacity, which is okay. <laughs> we love that dirty water. Love that dirty water, baby. Uh, Bruno, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I mean, well, the no, no, everything nope. before eight. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it was it was great, Kurt. We, I don't know when you're when you're the field family usually eats. I think we started eating around like four four thirty ish. So like, I generally I generally like eating a little bit before normal dinner time because then it's like, all right, it's a big meal and you can eat it during normal dinner time. And then you can just be in a coma for the night game. So it was good. I obviously was streaming the Cowboys Giants game. My grandma, because we were at my grandma's, my grandma was like, what's that on your phone? And I was like, oh, it's football. And she's like, is that the Patriots? I'm like, no, grandma, that's later. She's like, it's football and it's not the Patriots. I'm like, grandma, just it's football. Just don't even worry about it. Hey, you and I are more the same. My grandma, your grandma, confused about football. <laughs> yeah. So, how was yours, Kurt? Tell you, my grandma was downright mortified that the Patriots play on Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve. Sorry, Christmas Eve. She's like, "Can we just have one holiday without football?" And I'm like, no. <laughs> Like, <laughs> sometimes Kurt, you and I are such in this world where it's like we obviously fucking love sports, and like most people we know are the same. Sometimes I forget that if you take a step back, people like have that opinion. It's like jarring to hear. It's like, what do you mean, days without sports, without football? Like, what, yeah. Grandma, what what is that? That makes the C word holiday even yeah. better, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, and the Celtics usually have been playing on the C word, so it's like you don't have any holidays off. Yeah, so no no days off. <laughs> no days off. Bruno, if the Patriots do in fact lose this week, um yep. this is becoming a Yukon basketball podcast. <laughs> oh my god, fuck yeah, dude. Because I'm so down for that. Dual champs back in the house. Just not not natty champs yet. Yet, yet, yet. Well, we've won the only championships that are possible for us to win so far. Clean sweep. Clean sweep. Dude. Uh people forget shout out two thousand four, shout out two thousand fourteen, and uh twenty twenty two. This shout out, Bruno. This is the most okay. The women are a wagon. They've been they've been a wagon. We've been knowing this. The men, dude. I I've been entranced with them for. I mean, they won the cupcake games at the beginning of their schedule, but now right. like this last week, you're telling me if you told me going to the week that they were going to play Oregon, Alabama, and Iowa State, and the closest game would be a 15 point win. Yeah, I. Can't tell you how fast I'd sign up for it. So shout out to Dan Hurley, the carpenter, and the depth that is this UConn men's team because holy shit, they've got me. They've fully got my interest at the moment. Yep, and I just had to look it up because I thought I remembered seeing this earlier today, but I was my brain was like, no, that's not right. But then I just confirmed it when I looked it up. Dude, we're number eight in the country. Eight in the country, yeah. Also, like what? IYKYK, it is still staggering the amount of white folks who are on this team. You know? 
IYKYK is right. Don't have much else to say to that. Shout out Mike Noise, baby. Shout out Mike Noise. It's just I'm like, wow, this isn't normal. So anyway, Bruno, now that we've gone through that, shout out UConn. They're both winning the national championship. Um, Yep. uh, I think we should talk about football now that it's been eight minutes into the podcast. Kurt, let's uh, return to Thanksgiving. Oh, back to tea giving day. Uh, Bruno, for the second time in five days, the Buffalo Bills make themselves right at home in Detroit, this time coming away with a 28-25 win over the Lions on Thanksgiving afternoon. Buffalo, those goddamn Bills, have won two straight after losing two in a row, uh, and they've now moved half a game ahead of Miami in the AFC East. Um, The Lions once again competed their asses off, and they had a chance to put the game away with just a couple minutes to go in the game. But once again, that shitty little defense that Detroit has couldn't finish it, um, which has become kind of an unfortunate theme for them. They had been winners of three straight going into this game. They competed hard. The defense hasn't better overall. It's just they can't finish some of these bigger games. Um, Aside from another red zone interception, which he now has six of this year, Josh Allen played uh, pretty well, 24-42, 253 through the air, a couple TDs. Like I said, did have that interception, but all in all, not a bad not a bad day at the office for the boy. Uh, Bruno, it is a little bit nerve-wracking for me to see the Buffalo rushing attack very much on the rise the last few weeks. So something to keep an eye on here as we play them in just a couple days. Yeah, absolutely, Kurt. And you know what? Let's also thank the Lord that that rumor didn't come true that they were going to trade for Christian McCaffrey because there was a hot second when the rumors were going before he got traded to the 49ers that it was like the Bills. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, that would have sucked. That would have sucked. Well, Kurt, we go from the first Thanksgiving game to the second one, which was a little uh, Cowboys-Giants action. And in this game, much like a theme for most of us this game, this day, the Cowboys started off like they were still in a food coma. Honestly, they were coming off a huge dub last week. Obviously, coming into NFC Beast matchup, you never know what's going to happen. But they started slow. Uh, they had us in the first half, not going to lie, but finished strong. They ended up winning 28-20 to over the Giants. Kind of an interesting game in terms of like some of the plays and penalties and overturned stuff that we saw. The Giants actually could have been up or they went up early and could have been up even more if one of their early touchdowns wasn't overturned. I think it was like an ineligible receiver or some shit like that. Brian Dayball fucking heated. It was like they were showing everything. His whole reaction they showed on on the TV, like on the like the TV camera was just like on him for like 10 seconds. And he was pissed. He was screaming at the refs. But the Giants did go up 13 to 7 at halftime. At halftime, Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys woke up, figure something out. Balled out in the second half. CeeDee Lamb just going absolutely crazy. He had like six catches, 100 plus yards. Uh, he also had a sick touchdown catch. That actually was not a touchdown catch because the refs called back. Hmm. hmm. Kurt, a little foreshadowing, my friend, Kurtai. Fucking That was not even the most egregious touchdown catch overturned by refs on Thanksgiving alone. So we're going to get to that later. But, you know, not even the worst one. Uh, uh-huh. For the back to the Cowboys, though. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Back to the Cowboys. Zeke had 92 yards rushing. Dak did have two picks, but he made the plays when it matters. Cowboys defense was just swarming. Micah Parsons is playing like just an absolute superstar. The Cowboys survived the Giants. I don't know about you, Kurt, but like this was kind of an ugly win for the Cowboys, but it's always ugly when it's an NFC beast matchup. So I don't really put too much stock into how the game actually looked. The Cowboys got the win, and that's kind of what matters. They're trending up. Giants are trending down. Spot on. Um, I don't know. I just feel like for the Giants, dude, like... This is more the team I kind of thought they were going to be. Yeah. Um, yep. So they're kind of kind of revealing themselves here a little bit, which I mean, but in the same breath, like if you ask New York Giants fans, like 
if if they would have taken this at the beginning of the year, they all are saying yes. And if they say no, they're lying to you. So um, very true. I mean, it's it's they still have plenty to play for. Very much in the thick of things here in the, in the little wild card push um, as we get going here. But I don't I don't believe the NFC East is on the table for them this year. So we will see, my friend. Bruno, we will see. time to talk a little Browns Bucks, little BBs. Mm. Uh, Nick mm. Chubb, the Chubster, scored a three-yard touchdown <laughs> with 19 seconds left in overtime as Cleveland rallied Sunday to stun Tampa Bay uh, 23-17. Mm. Bruno. The Wolfpack member, Jacoby Brissett, his final start of the year before Deshaun Watson returns from his 11-game suspension next week at the Texans. Once again, I find it incredibly ironic that it happens to be against the Texans, but I yep. will I will save those comments for another time. Uh, <laughs> or no, uh, Tom threw two touchdown passes, but the Bucks. I don't know if you got to see in this game, the, the entire overtime period, they just looked abysmal. Uh, couldn't get the momentum going into OT, or sorry, falling a bye rather. Like you know, they that big win in London um, over the Seahawks, and then the bye week, nothing good happened for them after the bye week. This kind of goes to show, you know, how Belichick after a bye is kind of like not as good as people would think. Yeah, Brady is also sneaky, not as good after a bye as people would think, and that just continued this year. So Bruno Bucks now dropped to five and six on the year. Um, how they how the Browns got to overtime is insane. I don't know if you happen to see um, tight end David Njoku's one handed catch to to force OT Bruno, but it happened with 32 seconds left in regulation. Um, just an absurd catch, and this is starting to become a common theme. Obviously, we saw the Justin Jefferson um, t- one the fourth and 18 against Buffalo a couple weeks back. Some of these insane one-handed catches are just becoming like so routine in the NFL because these pass catchers are so, so good. So just another sick catch. Um, and Bruno, my last point here, following an, a, a Browns win, which I would I would classify as an upset. Um, Deshaun Watson is coming, coming back this week to play in his first game in over 700 days. Do you think there'll be any rust? Do you think it matters? Do you think... Browns fans are excited. What are your thoughts? Kurt, I, I feel like I have points to say on a bunch of things you said. I won't take forever because I know that's our special taking like uh, an hour long to get through the first three games of our recap. But <laughs> I will hit on your points because you brought up some very interesting talking points. Number one, people forget Deshaun Watson did play in the preseason. He had that awkward like, I think it was against the Jaguars. We just got booed in Jacksonville. So yes. he did play. So I don't know if that really helps with jitters because obviously that was preseason. Who cares? This is regular season. He's certainly going to hear the boos, especially from the Texans fans, right? Because obviously wow. the history there. Wow. I, I I feel like there has to be some rust. I know he's been practicing for a little bit with the team, but listen, it's been so long. There has to be some rust. But Kurt, I feel like you could have a quarterback who hasn't played in 700 days and still beat the Texans. They're just that bad. So I don't know if it's really going to matter. They are like sneaky. Like this is a sneaky fantastic tank job by the time yeah. <laughs> like very quietly yeah. tanking at an elite level yeah um kurt really quick because i know we i we take forever on these my other two points you make a great point about the one-handed catches these days i know that like people like the obj catch back in the day was obviously game changing and there was all those stories about him and jarvis landry at lsu starting it off there's even people since then i think jamar chase and some of the other guys were like oh yeah we saw them doing it so we want to do it but i completely agree it used to be something like you never saw now i feel like every week it's like Oh, this dude just made this most ridiculous one-handed catch. Who was the one? Uh, 
who had it who had that catch like a week or two ago that was like he took it away from the defender it was gonna be an interception it was like a one-handed leaping back i forget who that one too that was really maybe that was hopkins no oh hopkins had a sick one this week no i don't think it was this week i feel like it was last week I, maybe it was t higgins i don't know who it was it was someone good but yeah your point that's a really strong point you made i don't want to get carried away and then my last point that i want to say also to your point about the bucks we always say that like if it's going to be a close game or if it's going to be in the playoffs or it's going to be this or it's going to be that we the bucks and tom brady are come out, gonna come out in the end if you can't get it done in the overtime against the Browns in the regular season, I mean, listen, I'm not saying I'm betting against Brady in the playoffs, but it's like at the Bucks this year have not given us any confidence that they can do anything. To and forward, like so. they're at home. It was in Tampa. So like, I don't know. Weird yeah. vibes, weird vibes, weird vibes, weird vibes. All right, Kurt, uh, let's move it on because people forget it's been 15 minutes and we've gone through two games or three games. Um, Kurt, game number four, we got a little Bengals Titans action. Kurt, no mixin, no chase, no appendix. No problem. Joe Burrow, Mr. Joe Cool and the Bengals, they beat the Titans 20-16, to RIP Pat Summit, in a grinded-out gritty victory for the Cincinnati boys. Uh, down Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, like their RB1 and their their wide receiver one, uh, the Bengals turned to Kurt, your boy, Sam Pirine, and T. Higgins to carry the slack. And uh, Pirine, your boy, had 58 yards in a tutty, and Higgins had seven catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown of his own. T. Higgins quietly, maybe not even quietly, just straight up has been balling out with Jamar Chase out, and that only means good things for the Bengals moving forward with Chase coming back. Um, Kurt, little interesting stat for this game. Both teams scored zero points in the first quarter, both scored 10 in the second quarter, and both scored three in the third quarter, which means they went into the fourth quarter tied up. That's some impressive math right there. Um, Kurt, guess what? The Bengals scored a touchdown in the fourth, and the Titans settled for a field goal. Hmm. A little a foreshadowing, my friend, Kurtai, for a team being absolutely haunted, having to settle for field goals. Hmm. We're going to get to that later. As much as we love to do it, we're going to do it later. Uh, <laughs> Kurt, after winning seven of eight, the Titans, they fell flat this week. Derrick Henry, he only had 38 rushing yards, which like is bananas to even read out loud because he's been rushing for like 200 plus, it feels like, every game. He did have 79 yards receiving. I don't know if you saw that text. Shout out Ant or someone, I feel like, mentioned this, but he had 69 receiving yards on like a dump off pass from Tannehill and he ran it all the way down to the five and then like fumbled. So yeah, classic, uh, classic action there. Tannehill threw for 291. You take out the 69 from that play and it was only like low 200. So the Titans will not be remembered. Sorry, Kurtai, after this one, the uh, Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase both expected back next week. So Kurt, the Bengals at seven and four suddenly getting healthy and rounding into form at the best possible time for them and the worst possible time for Patriots and Patriots fans. Yeah, uh, this sucks. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Bengals are guess who's back of the week? Yep, <laughs> the Bengals because they're doing it without Jamar Chase, uh, and yeah. that's fucking terrifying. So, yeah. um, I was a really big Titans fan this week. They let me down. Actually, whoever I was a fan for this week, they all let me down. So, true. Uh, yeah, Bruno, this is the Bengals team that looked like made that run last year to the Super Bowl. So, um, yep. They're like you said, they're getting hot at the right time, and it spells doomsday scenario for the Patriots. Um, yep. I need the Jets to start losing immediately. Uh, Bruno, let's talk about another team um, who has certainly cemented themselves in the postseason conversation uh, the Miami Dolphins. It's another, yeah. another week of playing the field, and another week where I get to recap yeah. who are the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. This is just becoming a thing. It's just our thing at this point. Uh, Brua. Brua. 
You can call, you can call me that if you want. <laughs> kind of turns I me out a little bit. I meant Bruno, but it came out <laughs> as Bruno and Tua as Brua. <laughs> I kind of love it. I might change my name on the thing right now to that if I can. Brua, it is. All right, I'm from this point forward. You are Brua. Um, <clears throat> Brua, Tua Tungavailoa had 299 through the air as the Dolphins raced to a 30 point lead at the half uh, before handle, holding off for their fifth straight win, uh, 30 to 15 victory over the lowly, lowly, lowly Texans. Uh, yeah. Tua had his fourth straight uh, game without an interception. Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, the two two-headed monster at wide receiver for the Dolphins, each had 85 yards receiving. Dolphins defense balled out, had three takeaways in the game. That was never really close. Again, it's the Texans. We talked about it. They suck. That's all I have to say about the Texans. Um, Bruno, or sorry, Brua, as I should say. Mm. Tua, your boy, <laughs> finished 22 of 36 with a touchdown. Since he was uh, back in week seven from his concussion, he now has 11 touchdowns and one interception. He is 10-0 in his last 10 starts that he has started and finished the game. Uh, who would have guessed that? Not me. Literally not Kurt. Not you and not me either because I was pretty sure I was one of the people this year being like Tua fucking sucks and is overrated. So, awkward. Awkward for us, Brua. <laughs> Back to you, Brua. <laughs> literally ridiculous uh kurt you know dolphins look good uh another team in the afc who you said you wanted to lose did not lose this week kurt but you know who did lose kurt this week who well kurt i said r.i.p to pat summit earlier uh shout out summer 2016 but kurt the real loser and the real r.i.p this week goes out to one and only zach wilson because I'll take that. Mike White. I will take that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Because Mike White started for the chest this week after Zach Wilson gets his ass benched for literally sucking and having the whole team hate him, which honestly that could probably be Russell Wilson, but we'll get there later. Um, and what does Mike White do, Kurt, hmm? perchance that you may ask? Uh, Kurt, he goes 22 for 28, throws for 315 yards. Yes, a Jets quarterback throwing for 315 yards, three touchdowns. Yes, a Jets quarterback throwing for three touchdowns, and the Jets beat the Bears uh, 31 to 10. Uh, Kurt, Zach Wilson ain't getting his job back. I'm out because Mike White literally made this shit look easy, and Coach Robert Sala literally after the game was quoted as being like, yeah, he made that shit look easy, and it was supposed to be easy, and he made it look easy. Uh, crazy. Kurt, Mike White has made four career starts. This wasn't even the first time he's thrown for 300-plus yards and three touchdowns in four starts. This was not the first time. So, Kurt... I could go on about Mike White. The Jets as a team, though, a season-high 466 yards of offense in the rain. Elijah Moore, who's like a decent wide receiver who requested a trade from the Jets early this season, caught his first career touchdown. I mean, Kurt, I know it was the Bears, but like this is kind of what the Jets could have and should have been doing all year, but they couldn't because Zach Wilson literally sucks. So a uh, big win for the Jets as most of the AFC playoff wildcard contenders won this week. Shut up, <sighs> shut up, shut up, shut up sad foreshadowing um and now this is mike white's team to lose kurt so for the bears I'll, I'll just touch them really really quickly justin fields couldn't play let's not bury the lead here he hurt his shoulder so he didn't start trevor simeon started there was that weird thing where it was like oh nathan peterman is gonna start because trevor simeon hurt his oblique in warm-ups that was a fun little game uh, big cat was having a great time on twitter uh, but yeah justin fields didn't play they lost who cares so uh for the bears they'd probably rather be losing at this point for the jets they get a dub and uh zach wilson gets the l Bruno, what's a little bit concerning to me is 
the Jets kind of have their swagger back, and it's not good. Um, and if you look at the Jets' remaining schedule, oh God, do I want no. to? No, like it's okay. They have the Vikings this week. No easy task. Then they're at the Bills. They realistically could lose both those games. Okay. But then they have the Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks, Dolphins. Realistically, the Jets already have seven wins. Two more wins gets them very much in the conversation. I'm nervous. Because I think they, I think there are two wins in there for them. With that defense, well, I think there's two wins. And I'm only saying this because, like, I'm looking at the Patriots. Okay, Patriots need at least three wins. <laughs> and I don't know if I can find them all. So, Bruno. But the good news is, if the Patriots and the Jets do finish with the same record, the Patriots go because right. they've beaten the Jets twice. So, right. That's the good news. Um, but if you're Patriots fans. Here's back to your old old faithful here, rooting against the Jets and praying <laughs> to your Patriot gods that they can pull some things off. So, um, but like you said, Bruno, this was not the Bears team that thumped the Patriots. This was, um, you know, they've had injuries to their defense. Justin Fields, obviously. I mean, what are we doing here? That's a huge difference yeah. factor. So, um, right, you know, on the on the surface, oh, the Patriots lose to the Bears, but oh, I mean, this this Bears team that played this past week was nothing compared to that now in Gillette. So um, it is what it is. But Bruno, another quarterback change we're going to talk about right now took place mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. And I bet the Jets wish they had uh, had done this a little bit sooner because it's worked. Yep. This last team, Bruno, the commanders are calming. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go everywhere. <laughs> Love it, Kurt. I love Triple it. Triple N is almost over, and the <laughs> oh. commanders are ready to explode. Okay. Oh my God. Bruno Kendall Fuller intercepted a Marcus Mariota pass <laughs> in the end zone with 58 seconds left in the game, and the commanders went on to beat the Falcons 19 to 13 on Sunday for their sixth win in their last seven games. Uh, the spark that has come from inserting Taylor Heineke into the starting quarterback spot cannot be overstated for this team however however the real reality and real identity that has come um over the last month or so has really started with their running game uh washington in this game ran 37 times for 176 yards uh to atlanta's 29 for 167 and what the kind of you know what's so interesting about the commanders is they got the ball to five, five people ran the ball for the commander. So you're keeping people fresh. You're mixing you're mixing guys in and out. You're getting some of your skill players, like receivers, some runs. Um, just a really, really, really well balanced rushing attack. And if you if you're if you're doing that and you're not asking Heineke to do too much, I think there's really a recipe for success there. Um, this was a sneaky, huge win for Washington because they have now somehow found themselves in the postseason hunt. Along with, that's right, you guessed it, the team they beat, Atlanta, Bruno. Uh, <laughs> the Commanders are now 7-5 and five on the year. Could this potentially be a team that, like, down the stretch here, it's like, huh, you know what? May- maybe, just maybe, they have, a, they have a little bit of a run in them. I mean, Kurt, you said it best. Taylor Haneke, he he's just a guy who wins. You know, people say that about Jimmy G. People say that about you and me, and people say that about Taylor Heineke. We're, they're all just winners, right? So, like, I'm not, you know, they're a tough out. Like, 
the fact of the matter is they've been winning ugly in recent games but finding ways to win it's the same shit the eagles have been doing we'll get to that later but like spot the difference that commanders beat the eagles they're gonna have a tough go here commanders wise i mean they play their stretch at the end here tough back-to-back -back games coming up against the giants like two weeks in a row back-to-back -back game easy a bye week in between but you get you get the point then the 49ers people forget the team i picked good, good. super bowl from the good. nfc uh recently and then the browns with deshaun watson and then the cowboys so they got their work cut out for them but they just seem like a team that won't go away so who knows yeah absolutely kurt um one thing i will say to your point earlier uh triple n is going away soon something you could have watched that would have helped you keep going with triple n if you were so inclined was this panthers broncos game kurt because that was an absolutely disgusting performance that was hard to watch Huh. Uh, in this game, uh, the Broncos flopped harder than some of the <clears throat> soccer players at the ongoing World Cup uh, and got their shit absolutely handed them to them by the Panthers 23-10. to 10. I mean, Kurt, this is a Panthers team who started Sam Darnold, who hasn't played in like 30 years. They had three wins coming into this game. Now they have four. And they've literally already fired their coach this year. So if you're the Broncos, you might be following suit very soon with maybe all of those things because, God damn it, Kurt, the Broncos are literally just bad. Russell Wilson sucks. He can't do anything. And the storyline coming out of this game was literally the Broncos' defense, Mike Purcell, that dude, screaming at Russell Wilson late in the game, being like, bro, you fucking suck. The offense can't do shit. Kurt, the offense was, yet again, more lost than Nemo in the namesake movie Finding Nemo, Kurt. 42, Wallaby Way, Cindy. Sydney. Fucking nailed that one, Kurt. Fucking pulled that out of the absolute bag. Uh, spoiler alert, Kurt. Spoilers for a movie that came out in, what, like 2001? Uh, spoilers. Stop now if you haven't seen Finding Nemo. Keep listening if you've seen Finding Nemo. Uh, Nemo gets found at the end of that movie, Kurt. Uh, but the Broncos, they aren't finding shit anytime soon. So for the Panthers, I mean, Sam Darnold threw for Zach Wilson-esque 164 yards. But unlike Zach Wilson, he had no turnovers. So he did have a fumble. Kurt, did you see that highlight of him like fumbling it and then, <laughs> then recovering his fumble? And he stopped, stopped, dropped, and rolled his way into the end zone for a touchdown, which was literally absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Zach um, Wilson wishes he could. Yeah, Zach Wilson, yeah, wishes he could do anything. Um, Donta Foreman, Deonta, Donta, Deonta, Donda, D. Deonta Foreman. Not Donda, we've oh. canceled him. That's true. That's true. Canceled. Well, Dante Foreman's not canceled because he's had 113 yards rushing. His fourth time in six games having more than 100 yards rushing. Um, Kurt, and the Panthers just bullied the Broncos. And I'm not going to lie to you, Kurt. If you're getting bullied by the 2022 Panthers, you deserve it. Believe it or not, jail. <laughs> jail. jail. <laughs> Bruno, a team that should be going to jail is the Baltimore Ravens for the way they just oh throw games away at the end of, at the end of regulation. What? It is getting absurd however the team however. ultimately finish second in the afc south <laughs> got quite a boost this week after beating the ravens 28 oh 27 in the thriller in florida bruno few could have seen this one coming and if you did you're a liar you didn't see it coming when lamar jackson put the ravens up 27 20 with 202 to play and the jaguars yeah. needing a 75 yard touchdown drive with zero timeouts you didn't see it you didn't see that against one of the, the league's stingiest defenses. You also didn't see it when Trevor Lawrence and company were facing a third and 21 play on the ensuing possession. And you certainly didn't see it when the best kicker in the league, perhaps all time in NFL history, Adam Vinatieri says hello, though, um, 
when he lined up for a uh, field goal attempt that was a few yards shorter than the one he made in pregame warm-ups. So don't tell me you saw it coming, because again, you're a liar. But Bruno, here's what happens. It doesn't matter if you didn't see it coming. The Jaguars pulled it off. Uh, Justin Tucker had a 67-yard field goal attempt that came up probably two yards short, uh, and it was the Jaguars who were jagging off in the middle of the field. Again, a little <laughs> early, a little early, but for one of the most improbable wins in franchise history, jag off all you want, boys. Uh, just seconds to go in the game, Bruno. How how'd it happen? Trevor yep. Lawrence hits Marvin Jones to get to within 27-26. Now, Doug Peterson could have been like, let's kick, let's go to OT. He goes, no, no. We don't have a whole lot to play for. And uh, I don't like Baltimore. That's what he said. He said that to me. He, told, he called me. He goes, Kurt, what are we doing? I said, you're going for two. <laughs> Doug Peterson lays out his big old balls. Don't, people forget. Doug Peterson, the man who ran Philly special. Like, he has no fear. Uh, he put his nuts on the table, went for two. Zay Jones had a completion for the two-point conversion. Rest was history. Jagging off. Jags win. Ravens suck. Lamar's throwing sh- uh, shade at people on Twitter. Yeah. Throwing out... LGBTQ defamatory things like homeboy, <laughs> homeboys rattled. Okay, Bruno and I'm I'm loving every second of it. Uh, another wasted opportunity for the Ravens, Bruno. What are your thoughts? Um, it was definitely a wasted opportunity for the Ravens, and this was reminiscent of them earlier in the season. People forget they had the historically bad uh, come or like they blew a huge lead against the Dolphins earlier this year, and I think that was like a, one of the back to back games which they blew early leads. We had thought that they got over the hump and figured it out as of recently, but this game, I mean, again, you said it best, Kurt, if you're getting jagged off on, yeah, that's not a good sign for a team that we thought was gonna do make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, Lamar, speaking of things that he said, uh, told someone to go eat something that you jag off with. So <laughs> that was quite something. Uh, Kicho, Kurt, Kicho, Kicho, Kicho. I didn't say it, but I'm just saying he did tell someone on Twitter to do that. And his coach had to been like, oh, yeah, that's very, uh, or John Harbaugh was like, oh, yeah, that's very unlike Lamar. It was the heat of the moment. Well, well I think it's kind of like Lamar. I feel like he just said like It's that, not so. even summer, Lamar, where you can't eat popsicles right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Bruno, it's interesting because it, 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 with the Bengals surging, guess who's tied atop that division now? Like, it's no sure thing. The Ravens are, are rocking and rolling here. So, I don't know. what T- TBD on who wins that division. Wait, Kurt. I just had a brain blast. We've been talking about the, the Bengals as our competition. But what if they just win the division and the Ravens lose every game? Well, uh, fine. One of them's got to lose every game. Yeah, true. Okay, excellent. Well, it's not going to be the Jaguars because they win that game. Kurt, uh, another team that I feel like loses every game is the goddamn Cardinals, Kurt. <laughs> Because, God damn it, the Chargers are going to Chargers and the Cardinals are going to Cardinal. Chargers beat the Cardinals this week, 25-24, in a game that somewhat broke Kurt's spirit this week. Because directly following this result, Kurt texted me and was pretty much like, yep, this is, confirms it. It's the worst possible week to be a Patriots fan because, uh, foreshadowing, the Patriots may not have won. And every other team close to us in the playoff race may have won. Uh, was, Kurt, let me tell you, Bruno, I was down <laughs> and out yesterday. I was, Kurt was down bad. I was down so bad. Uh, Kurt, I'm not sure who is more down bad, you or several members of the Cardinals. We'll get there in a little bit. But before they were down bad, the Cardinals were actually tied 17-17 to with the Chargers after three quarters. In the fourth quarter, 
the Cardinals with like 13 minutes left struck first. They threw uh, Kyler Murray through a touchdown to James Conner, one of three touchdowns on the day that Kyler was responsible for. Chargers go up 24-17. You're like, oh, things are looking good. The score holds, score holds, the score holds. But Kurt, the Cardinals did their thing and they blew the game, as I always do. Austin Eckler dives for uh, a game almost tying touchdown, right? Because they were down seven. They go, they score a touchdown, which people forget, math guys, six points. Then the Chargers channel their inner Dougie Peterson and they go for two. And what do they do, Kurt? They Chargers are going to charge her. They go for two and get it. Brandon Staley does not care. Brandon Staley and Doug Peterson, I, I show us this, the manalytics, Kurt, but they might be the two coaches who go for two more than literally anyone else. Because I feel like it's always those two every single week, just going for two all the time. Hundo P. 100%. Hundo P. Bruno. Hundo P. Think, I mean, like you said, they got it. I don't. If they don't get it, I mean, I, I Jim, <laughs> Jim, I, she could be getting hot. Yeah, Kurt, very true. Because honestly, we've we're, we've talked about this in previous weeks. The Chargers feel like that team that every year has the talent and should be in the playoffs and should be you know making noise, and they don't. But maybe the thought process was, you know they got to risk it for the biscuit if they want to make the playoffs and this is one way that it paid off for them so they go up or they get the two-point conversion they go up 25 to 24 and the cardinals could do nothing on their last drive and they lose kurt kyler murray i don't know if you saw this after the game he threw a pick on a fourth and one play like in the first half and they asked him about that pick and his response in the fucking interview to the reporters was schematically we were kind of fucked kurt this is a kid show i know that but that was a direct quote from kyler murray kurt I think that tells us everything we need to know about what uh, Kyler Murray thinks about both Cliff Kingsbury and how hot a seat is, because that's not uh, not what you want to hear from your franchise quarterback. Uh, Kurt, Chargers pick up the victory in their playoff push. Cardinal season inches closer to playoff elimination. The duality of teams that start with seat. Bruno, I just need to ask you one question, and all I want is a yes or no answer. Okay. When the Patriots play the Cardinals in three weeks' time. Just kidding. Two weeks' time. Okay. Is Cliff Kingsbury the coach of the Cardinals? Yes, because didn't we we beat the Colts and they fired Frank Reich? So he's going to be the coach, and then we're going to beat them, and then he's no longer going to be. Like, we're going to get him fired. Okay, I'm, oh, I'm all the way in on that. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, my. Wait, Cliff Kingsbury? Is he a good offensive coordinator? Should we just keep well, firing coaches no, and no, bring them in? Because schematically, we're fucked. I don't need, I don't need more oh, of true. that. We are already <laughs> true. I'm Kurt. fucked, so... That, my brain was schematically fucked on that uh, bit of processing there. But, <laughs> but, Bill O'Brien rumored to be interested in coming back to the NFL. So, uh, pay him whatever he wants, Bill. And that was a thing before the season, wasn't it? Like, yep. wasn't that like a rumor and then it just like wasn't? It was, but then it came out in his contract that he had promised Saban two years. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So, okay. two years are up. Bama didn't, you know, win the college football playoff, which then therefore they don't care. And Bill O'Brien's probably gone. So great. We will take him back with open arms. There you go. And Matt Patricia can take his rocket science engineer and build himself (laughs) a rocket and just go. (laughs) Just fucking fire him into the moon. Take Jimmy Neutron and take take (laughs) goodbye. So brain blast. (laughs) Brain blast. Uh, Bruno, back-to-back weeks. Back-to-back walk-off overtime wins for the Raiders. And suddenly, it looks like this offense has figured its shit out. Again, this is happening without Darren Waller. This is happening without Hunter Renfro. So, uh, I don't love that. Again, if you're the Patriots, don't love that for even a second. Uh, But what what is the root of this? What is this offensive spark? Uh, The Raiders dropped 40 this week. Mm 4-0. Why? 
Mm. Josh, big boy Jacobs. Big yeah. boy. The guy that Josh McDaniels almost traded away this offseason. Uh, Jacobs finished with a... All right. Are you ready for these? I'm, I'm ready. You got some big old numbers coming your way. Jacobs finished with a franchise record 229 yards rushing and two touchdowns. He also had six catches for 74 yards, and his 303 yards from scrimmage were the most in franchise history and the seventh most in a game in the Super Bowl era. I'd repeat it, but those numbers are too long. I don't want to. So he is (laughs) also known as he had a great fucking game. Uh, Bruno, Vegas finished with 283 yards on the ground, 576 yards total, third most ever allowed by the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks loss um, puts them to a game behind San Francisco in the NFC West. Seahawks now losers of two straight. They kind of look like they need to figure some of their shit out. Um, Geno Smith played well in this one. Uh, he's played pretty well this season, um, but you know they, he puts up 34 points and loses. So at some point, the defense needs to be held accountable for that too, Bruno. Um, but my takeaway has really nothing to do with the Seahawks. It's more all of, them, all of a sudden the Raiders don't look like such a cakewalk. And don't get me wrong, they can't play defense to save their life. But like, you know, I I was pretty confident in them, not as super confident. So we will see. We'll see. We'll see. We shall certainly see, Kurt. Uh, another team that was confident this week that they were going to win was the Chiefs, and Kurt, they fucking won because they played the Rams. Uh, Kurt, my esteemed colleague, Curtis Granby Golden Bearfield, uh, I don't really have too much of anything to say about this 26-10 to Chiefs victory over the Rams. The Rams, they didn't have Matt Stafford, they didn't have Cooper Cup, they didn't have Allen Robinson, and they didn't even have backup quarterback John Wolford. They did have third-string quarterback Bryce Perkins, Kurt, and I think that's all I really need to say about that. I will say the Chiefs probably would have won this game even if all those guys were healthy, but they weren't, and so the Chiefs just won anyways. Uh, Kurt, the only thing I'll say about the Chiefs is that they kind of have been struggling in the red zone. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but Patrick Mahomes threw maybe one of the worst red zone picks I've ever seen. I was watching when this happened, and I just gasped. He was, like, scrambling, doing this classic Mahomes extending the play, and he just literally was, like, staring right at the defender in the end zone, and he threw it right to the defender in the end zone. It was stunningly bad, and he almost threw another red zone pick on the drive after that. So, Kurt, uh, they had to settle for four field goals. <sighs> I'm not a well, fuck more shout out. I'm not even going to do that shit anymore. I don't even like it. Um, Kurt, I'm just going to chalk this game up to playing down to the level of their opponent because they were probably like, oh, we're playing the Rams with the third string quarterback. Get hype, please. Uh, so, you know, who cares about that? My last thing I'll say, Kurt, is that they do maintain their control of the number one seed in the AFC. But big matchup that's going to be featured, I guarantee it, on our pick six next week. The Chiefs are going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals next week. Little uh, playoff rematch from last year. Uh, very, very interesting game next week, Kurt, that will tell us a lot about both of these teams. Suddenly, I am a massive Chiefs fan, and Jackson Mahomes is my favorite person. So, um, oh, God. <laughs> Bruno, um, yeah, big big Chief fans next week. In <laughs> what I would say is a forgettable game for multiple reasons, <laughs> Bruno, <laughs> The 49ers <laughs> beat the Saints 13 to nothing. Bruno, in this game, I have a couple thoughts. Okay? This is the first time the Saints have lost a game and scored zero points since 2001. Holy shit. Bruno, it is the that that uh that streak was old enough to drink. So uh, just <laughs> Damn. tells you all you need to know about that, okay? 
in this one, Jimmy Garoppolo, again, 26 of 37, 222 yards, a touchdown. Um, he won the quarterback battle, but once again, that's not saying much when you're playing the Red Rocket, who put up zero points. Bruno, for the love of fucking God, if they don't start Jameis Winston next week, my, uh, my head is going to combust. Like, what is the prerogative? What is the, what's giving you so much um, hope putting Andy Dalton back out there time and time again? I'll tell you what, you shouldn't have any because he nope. stinks. Um, in this game, stinks. Alvin Kamara did fumble twice, which ultimately really, really screwed the Saints. Both of them were deep in the 49er territory. And the game that was only a two-score game, that uh, proved to be pretty big, Bruno. I do have one thing for you here, okay? And it kind of okay. caught me by surprise. Okay. Whatever team Jimmy Garoppolo ends up with next year is getting a bona fide winner, all right? Through 59 starts in his career. Also, pretty wild. He's played 59 games for the 49ers. But he is 40 and 19 in those starts. Holy shit. Like, I didn't realize that's that. That's what I'm saying. He has the same record through 59 starts as Steve Young and three more wins than Joe Montana. I don't know if you know who those are. I'm kidding. I know you do. <laughs> But uh, those two were okay, and just okay. So I don't, I don't fully comprehend the hate that Jimmy Garoppolo gets. You know, and, and Kurt, first of all, you're absolutely correct. And second of all, you know what I just made me that made me think of? Like, I don't know where the line is, but say they go to the playoffs, say they win the division, say they go to the playoffs, say they win a game or two, maybe three. I don't know. Like, I don't know however many games you want to play it. But say, even if they don't win the Super Bowl, say that, you know, the game that they lose in, he balls out. He's not the reason they lose. He has great stats, and it comes down to, like, a last-second play. Is there any chance the 49ers are just like, hey, Trey Lance, remember that time we said you were the starter? Psych. Remember that time we <laughs> traded, like, 28 picks to get you? Yeah. <laughs> You're not playing. Dude, I don't know. It just doesn't understand. It doesn't under I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah, it's crazy, Kurt. Uh, it's crazy. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, it is going to be very interesting. I'm very interested to see, you know, Jimmy G is probably going to have his pick of a bunch of teams in the offseason, I would assume. So that'll be the, the Jimmy G sweepstakes will be very, very interesting. Uh, wait, Kurt, in... Wait, oh. gun to your head. Where is Jimmy G playing next year? <sighs> name. I'm trying to... Th well, are there are there any, like decent teams that have a QB opening like maybe like the Jets like you know what I'm saying like I feel like he would want to go to a team that can win that's going to have a QB opening rather I mean, than like Colts, the Panthers Colts Colts Packers okay oh pa uh Ste Packers could be wild Steelers I don't think Kenny Pickett is there maybe no, the Jets yeah. I don't know yeah I, I feel like he's going to want to go he's not going to want to go yeah, he's not going to want to go to a shitty team and just lose, even though he's starting. So he's want to going to want to go to a good team. It'll be Saints would be interesting, especially you know depending on what what uh, what happens. You want you want my but... pick? Yeah, tell me your pick, Kurt. <clears throat> the oh. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I hadn't even thought of that. How fucking? I don't even know the adjective I'm thinking of. Just like how fucking outrageous, I guess, would that be if he replaces Tom Brady? Dude. Dude. <laughs> Wait, Tom Brady goes to the 49ers and cucks Trey Lance. All right. We've already, we already, the match eight balls already happened. We've hit it. <laughs> We've hit it. And then Trey Lance goes to the Jets and sucks forever. So listen, we got, a, we got the whole thing planned out. Um, Kurt, speaking of plans, uh, I think this next game, Eagles Packers Sunday Night Football went exactly according to plan. 
not. This was a fucking crazy game. I don't think people saw this coming. An absolute shootout. Barn burner. Eagles 40. Packers 33. Kurt, craziness. The Eagles get the win. They maintain their lead in both the NFC Beast and in the race for the one seed. But Kurt, this game was fucking nutty. Uh, Jalen Hurts rushed for 157 and he threw for 153. So generally, you want your quarterback throwing for more than he's rushing, but still, a quarterback rushing for 150 yards is pretty insane. Uh, he also threw for th two touchdowns. He wasn't even the only quarterback, uh, sorry, only player on the Eagles who rushed for that much because Miles Sanders also rushed for 143 yards and two touchdowns. So, Kurt, the Eagles, they finished 13 yards short of their single-game team rushing record. I think they had 363, and the record is 376. So quite the rushing performance from them. Uh, I will say, though, Kurt, while offensively the Eagles were absolutely balling out, can't exactly be pleased with their defense, Kurt, because the Packers, outside of that one win they got a couple weeks ago, have not been looking very put together on offense. Aaron Rodgers, the reports are that, I don't know if you know the technical terms, but his thumb is fucked up. I don't know, Kitcho, sorry, uh, screwed up. His thumb is screwed up. I don't know what the, exactly the prognosis is, but it's some sort of bad stuff going on with his thumb. And then he leaves the game in the third quarter with injured rips. So he's doing all that. He still puts up, they still put up, I think, 23 points or something with him in the game. Jordan Love comes in, who, may I remind you, has looked like stinky poo-poo in every other time we've ever seen him. And he immediately throws a 63-yard touchdown to Christian Watson, who has, he and it, Christian Watson has last like three games. It's like six touchdowns. It's insane. So they cut the lead to seven at the time. The Eagles hold on and end up winning, but they allowed 33 points to a Packers team that's been crumbling with Aaron Rodgers playing injured for three and a half quarters or two and a half quarters and Jordan Love coming in for the last quarter and a half. So I will say, this is kind of what I referenced earlier. The Eagles, they're getting wins and it is there is something to be said about like finding ways to win games. Like that's what you have to do. You have to find ways to win. But again, like you're going to play some good offenses the, less, the rest of the season, <laughs> Cowboys, and you're going to play some good offenses in the playoffs. So if you're allowing 33 points to the Packers with Jordan Love playing a quarter and a half, Kurt, it would be a real shame if the Eagles peaked too early and Philly fans have to come back down to earth and eat shit. Yeah, that would be absolutely tragic, and I'm definitely not rooting for that to happen. <laughs> Bruno. Absolutely. Kurt. I. The Aaron Rodgers thing is fascinating to me. Like, if yeah. they're they're four and eight now, when they are mathematically eliminated, you kind of got to see what you got in Jordan Love, right? I think so. I don't think he's. I don't think there's much there, but I think like, <laughs> uh, what's the point of this? Putting a lame duck out there in Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, oh, I don't know. Interesting scenario, and we will have to see how that plays out. Indeed. Um. Yeah. Right. We're done. We're done. Yeah, we got a uh, you know a little uh, little uh, peek behind the curtain here. We got Monday Night Football uh, happening currently. Uh, Steelers Colts are playing right now. It is sixteen to three Steelers, which honestly kind of sad. I'm not gonna lie because the Steelers have looked like ass. I know the Colts have looked like ass too, but like I don't think I would have. I think I would have guessed this. Would you have guessed sixteen to three Steelers, or would you have guessed sixteen to three Colts if I told you at halftime that was the score? Colts, because we both picked them. So. Yeah. You know, people forget. Oh, Matt, Matty Ice just scrambled for a first down on uh, second four with 20 seconds left. So, yeah, we'll see how this game goes. I do have Jonathan Taylor on one of my fantasy teams, and he has, like, five points right now. So I'm going to need him to figure that out. Yeah, uh, I'm having quite a bad month in fantasy. So, uh, Bruno, great podcast. Well done. Um, yep. Another one in the books. Kurt, 50 minutes? That was quick. We are, Usually we go an hour plus. We are efficient <laughs> today. Uh, yep. We can talk. Actually, let's come back. Let's talk a little bit of UConn basketball. Okay, hold on. Just give us one minute. We'll play that stupid music. We'll play some some 
some uh, talk some college basketball. I mean, Phil Knight champs, dude. I mean, I told you. I mean, dual champs. Dual champs. Kurt, the only school to ever do it not once, not twice, but thrice. Um, I wish I wish people could uh, experience what we could, what we have just once. And that's me lying. I don't wish that for anybody. <laughs> I want us to experience it again, Kurt. And you know what? We did. We did. Bruno, I was uh, actually talking to uh, Rebecca Lobo. I tagged her in something Ooh. on Instagram that we were, we were going back and forth. And she said... Um, that the men's team is one of the most complete teams that they've had in just a really long time. So Rebecca Lobo is getting me fired up for basketball. Fired the fuck up, dude. Which is good because basketball season is going to be very prevalent in my life here soon once football ends yes. because um, it is yes. looking more and more like it's going to end sooner and sooner. So Well, well, yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Kurt, I can't even come back to that. <laughs> we should probably talk about it. <sighs> if we must. Bruno, the Patriots ruined Thanksgiving. They absolutely it was, did. It was going fine until the 8 o'clock game. Also, I never want them to play on Thanksgiving again. I was so out of sorts. Like It was like 6.45, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. <laughs> Me too. And I'm like, I have to get myself prepared <laughs> to sit through a Patriots game, which is like a whole experience for me. Like, it's not pretty. I like it. I probably scare people. I was watching at my aunt and uncle's uh, with my cousins, and my aunt came in right after the Vikings scored a touchdown. And she's like, I haven't heard you like scream. And I was like, I think I'm too tired. I think like I'm emotionally <laughs> not there. Um, but I got rowdy after that. So don't you worry. But it's like, this was this was tough. This was tough because Patriots go on the road to Minnesota. They lose um, by a touchdown, 33-26. And it's not like it's one of those games where you can be like, well, the other team just played so well that you played your best game and they beat you. Because this game was entirely winnable for the Patriots. And in the end, when when things kind of got down to the nitty gritty, when you needed some of the best plays you had from your offense, you didn't get it. And it goes back to the coaching, and it goes back to the execution, and there's a, an avalanche of people to blame for it. But it's 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 disheartening because you know you were playing your better football. Yeah, in this game, the Patriots' offense really for three quarters was it's the best it's looked since last year, Bruno. Like that was. That was the best game Mac Jones has ever played in the Patriots jersey, as far as I'm concerned. And you squander it by losing to Kirk Cousins in primetime? Don't say it like that, Kurt. Well, it makes it, it makes it hurt more. So uh, Bruno, I where do you want to start here? Kurt, I said a lot of foreshadowing in some of my recaps. Uh you say entirely this was an entirely winnable game, and I agree with you, Kurt. That, to me, starts with the fact, yet again, Kurt, on one hand, I'm thrilled that Nick Folk went four for four on field goals. On the other hand, I'm fucking infuriated that Nick Folk went four for four on field goals. Because, Kurt, are field goals touchdowns? Kurt, easy question for you. Last time I checked, and it was it was a while ago, but it was no. 
it, it, Kurt, you are absolutely correct because people forget we got the knowledge here. Uh, field goals are not touchdowns. And Kurt, if we had just halved our field goals and increased our touchdowns by two, we would have won the game. Well, here's an interesting thing. One of those field goals we shouldn't have kicked because we did score a touchdown and mm. it just was not given to us. Mm. Okay, we can go there too. And then no one is going to feel sorry for Patriots fans. But right. like, objectively, <laughs> we got hosed on a couple of different plays in this game. Bruno, I again, I'm not the kind of guy who's sitting here like, the refs lost the game for the Patriots. No, the Patriots lost the game for the Patriots. However, I think it was greatly impacted by the officiating. I'm going to talk about three plays. I'll talk about four plays. Number one, Hunter Henry. Okay? Nobody in this league knows what it catches. Third and seven, third and goal from the seven-yard line. Mac Jones hits Hunter Henry. Um, wasn't a perfect throw. Hunter made a good uh, a good play on the ball. And then he he falls to the goal line. Ball's extended. It moves around in the ground, moves around in his hands. His hands are underneath the football. Ball does move around a little bit. Hunter rolls over with complete possession of the football. Uh, worst case scenario, worst case, it's fourth and goal from the half yard line. If they don't rule, if he didn't rule that he had full complete full possession of the football over the pile, over the, the goal line. So that's the first thing, Bruno. They rule it incomplete after review. Patriots had to kick a field goal. Right after the game, Bill Belichick pretty testy about it, telling uh, telling the pool reporter to go go talk to the officials about the call. Hunter Henry after the game saying uh, he thought he had control of the football. That was a you can call you can say whatever. A lot of plays happened after that play. That was a monumental call in that game. Yeah, because I think the Patriots. Yes, the Patriots went up twenty six twenty three. I believe so. After that, um. And if uh, up a touchdown there, the game might be different. Who knows? Again, you put you start playing that what if game, but right. that's a <laughs> that is a really, really fucking big error. And it goes to show. Okay, let's say the Patriots get the touchdown there. Okay, they where do you find the other three points? Well, the Patriots were down on the seventeen yard line in the last drive of the game. There's Nick Folk's field goal. There's a tie game. You go to OT. So it's just like that's one instance. Okay, the second play we're going to talk about. Immediately following a touchdown to Hunter Henry, uh, the Patriots allowed a kick return touchdown for the first yeah. time since 2010. Uh, but the referees just so happened to miss a blatant hold on Kyle Duggar, who uh, was held and not allowed to kind of get back to the outside lane that he was kind of he, he had on kickoff. And uh, all of a sudden, the Vikings scoot up the sideline and it's gone for a touchdown. And I, I was numb in the moment because I was still celebrating the Hunter Henry touchdown. And yeah. all of a sudden, the Vikings did that. And I was like, well, that doesn't count. That doesn't that makes no sense. Yeah, illegal. Illegal that you can't do that. That's not allowed in football. Um, so that sucked. But that's too brutal. Like, again, you take four points off the board for the Patriots. And then you give seven to the Vikings. And who knows what happens on that drive again. But, like, directly impacted by officiating was an 11-point swing right there. Yeah, and you can also say my just to interject really quick. Uh, Papa Bruno or Papa Brua, excuse me, uh, also directly impacted by the officiating because 
uh, you know, he'll be the first to admit this. He didn't deny it. This made him rage quit the game. He's like, I've seen enough. I'm we're gonna lose. Like that. He literally I was watching at home. He literally walked out and he's like, I'm going to bed. Fuck this, we're losing. I was like, Dad, it's fucking 23 to 23. I was like, Yeah, I'm not feeling great, but like, Dad, it's a tie game. He's like, Fucking, that's it. He's like, We're done. I was like, Okay, Dad. And then of course he was right, which pissed me off. But like I was like, ah, fuck. So directly we were, impacted by the officials count, Patriots and my father. <laughs> okay. Well, that that's an important <laughs> note for the viewers, I will say. Yeah. Bruno, and then you know, two two other kind of big misses by the officials both happened to Mac Jones. Um, after a pass, Mac was on third down incompletion late in the game. Um, when the offense needed to kind of sustain some drives, Mac Jones was blatantly face masked. Like it was so obvious yeah. that like I I couldn't believe it wasn't called. But the refs decided to keep their flags in their pockets again. Um, and that was that was obviously huge. And then later, the like late in the game, um, Mac Jones was sacked and he was like leg whipped, which you're not allowed. The Patriots got called on one of those earlier in the year. You can't take someone down by like whipping your leg, and Mac was. And so again, in the pool report, the NFL said that the official officials officials missed both those calls. It's like okay, well, you can't yeah, do anything you. about it now. Yeah. So, I mean, what what are your takeaway? I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and talk about the refs for very long, but, like, what do you think about those calls? No, I mean, Kurt, we can both acknowledge that we could have and should have won the game despite all those things, but also those things happen, and it's fucking horseshit. I mean, uh, Kurt, it just it has to be said, right? I mean, those calls, again, yes, we're Patriots fans. You said it earlier. No one's going to feel bad for us, but it's not like we're just making shit up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those are objective things you can point to, objective from the sense of the pool report that literally was like this was wrong, and objective in the fact that I'm pretty sure every single person, other than fucking that bullshit rules analyst who was like, that Hunter Henry catch wasn't a catch, which was crazy how fast and quick and passionate he was that that wasn't a catch, which made no sense. Everybody else on the fucking planet Earth was like, yeah, that's a catch. So I agree. We, it, there's more things that we can talk about. There's things that we've been talking about all year with the Patriots. Well, finishing drives, no negative plays, all that stuff. There's stuff we can talk on. But again, like it doesn't, you know, we're, we're, we're also able to point out the objectively bullshitey, tidy fucking horseshit things that happened as well. Did, did you see how mad um, Des Bryant got during during the, the Hunter Henry debacle? Um, he was rip shit mad. Uh, he was tweeting about like, I mean, obviously Des Bryant has been around <laughs> a, a controversial catch yeah. uh, in his time, but I mean, he was like, he was hot, like all caps. Please tell me what the hell a catch is NFL. What a catch by 85. Like he, yeah. he was tight. Um, so That's again, the officiating, not great. Now, Bruno, I want to talk about the Patriots offense. Okay, because okay. this for three quarters was the story of the game. Mac Jones was dealing in this. He was 20 of 24 at one point. Things kind of came to a screeching halt, but I, I kind of attribute that to that's when pass protection broke down. Some of the play calls on like third and three. Why is everyone going deep? Why is everyone going deep, Matt Patricia? <laughs> But I, I, Matt. I digress. He was 20-24 at one point. He finished 28 of 39 for a career-high 382 yards passing with two touchdowns. Um, Devontae Parker got involved in this one. Nelson Parker. Aguilar got involved in this one. Ramondre had nine receptions. Hunter Henry got involved. Obviously, a long yeah. touchdown. 
Jacoby Myers got hurt on the first play of the game. Um, yeah. And kind of was in and out a little bit, but it, that, that depth that we talked about at receiver kind of showed um, because they were all kind of making plays in this game and the passing offense looked legit. Now I will say this. They only ran for 45 yards. Do you think that's more of a game plan type thing or is that more cause for concern down the road here? I I wouldn't say necessarily cause for concern because again, I think we've proven over more games this year than not that again, even if our whole team performance isn't great or our whole offense isn't great, we're able to rush the ball. I do think it was somewhat of a like, okay, Mac Jones is playing well, we're moving the ball. Let's like not, you know. Bill Belichick has never been afraid to like utilize what's working in a game. Like we saw the opposite last year when that monsoon in Buffalo, we passed it three times and ran it for like 147 times. So he's not afraid to like do what's working. Mac Jones in the offense was working, so he wrote it. Kurt, that's kind of my take on it. Did you think it was more that, or did you think there's a uh, reason for me to be worried? There, I don't think there was reason to be worried in this game necessarily. I do think there's reason to be worried moving forward, and it's because of the Damian Harris injury. Damian Harris got hurt in this game with a, um, a thigh injury uh, right. on crutches after the game, apparently visibly upset, uh, and it just came out, I guess you were talking right before we came on here about how it looks like he might miss some time. Yeah. So with Ty Montgomery out for the year, Damien people Harris. forget by the way you remember that point you made to me i don't know if you said that on the pot or you texted me but that what just kind of happened and we like nobody reported that yeah we just kind of glossed over that <laughs> yeah what <laughs> um but ty montgomery's out for the year damian yeah. harris is going to miss some time yeah. and your rookie running backs pierre strong and kevin harris have like a combined five carries on the season so is it time we see some jj taylor in our life here bruno because other otherwise I don't – here's my concern. That's why I said it was a concern. Okay. You're going to run Ramondre into the ground. Yeah. He has the most receptions on the Patriots roster. He has the most rushes on the Patriots roster. And he's a guy that you – if you want to compete down the end here, down the stretch, you need him at full go. So, I mean, somebody else is, need to, is going to need to carry a little bit of the load. Hear me out, Kurt. The Patriots' new Debo Samuel, Tyquan Thornton. Thoughts? Uh, he would break if a paper straw hit him. <laughs> so, Kurt, so he just never gets hit. <laughs> Can we get, like, Cordero Patterson back here? Oh, Corduroy the boy. Cordero. Oh, my God. Kurt, can we make an exception? Is the trade the trade deadline passed, right? Let's make an exception. We need Corduroy. I need him. Corduroy the boy. I need him. It's not a want. It's a need. <laughs> but, Bruno, no, seriously. I do think this offense yeah, yeah. took, again, huge steps forward. Um, right. So, I mean, now you're going to get some of the best competition you've played all year. You got to, you got to keep it going that, I mean, if Mac, that was the best Mac Jones has looked, I think in his career. Yeah. And piggybacking off that one thing that I was fucking hyped about that we have not seen, I don't think from Mac Jones period, but also like from the Patriots in a really long time, the offense sandwich, we, I'm looking at the drive chart. We scored right before halftime. A minute 27, nine plays, 70 yards, field goal right before halftime. We've seen, I feel like even last year, like we got the ball. We would have the ball with like two minutes left and three timeouts. And Bill would just be like, we're punting or like we're running three, two times. Like he wouldn't even try. I thought it was like a huge sign of growth that we were able to not only like have the trust in Max to maybe go do something, but then he did it. And then on the other side, Kurt, we did the classic. This was Tom Brady build 
uh, Bill Belichick special from like all those years. We got the ball to start the third quarter and we came out and kept the momentum up and scored to start the third quarter. So from the offensive side, before we talk about other things, that's my point about the offense to your point about how he's playing their first three quarters. That was like fantastic for the Patriots. And I was like fucking hyped because if we can count on that moving forward or not that every time, but like if we can count on the offense and Mac being uh, dependable throwing the ball to your point about the run game, that helps uh, ease the load on the run game. Right. <clears throat> I will say this because you just piqued my interest with this. Mm. The drive before the half where they settled for three, it was a yep. great drive. Nine plays, 70 yards. There were also two huge mistakes the Patriots made in that. Again, they get the field goal. They get the double score. That's great. Hunter Henry caught a pass and could have easily ran out of bounds. Right. That's didn't, didn't do it. Patriots have to use a timeout. Then down deep in the red zone, Mac Jones takes a sack instead of throwing yeah. the ball away. And they have to call their last timeout. If they had both those timeouts, Bruno, there could have been like an extra 30 seconds on the clock. And instead of having one shot at the end zone, you have your full playbook open. So again, it's just another one of those situations where it's like, God damn, like it was good, but it could have been great, you know? And it's like, no, that, that that's oh. absolutely true. It's just, it's, that's like the frustrating part. So who knows if they want to compete down the stretch here, they're going to have to, they're going to have to have those things work out in their favor. So um, defensively, a little bit exposed this week. And the defense, the defense has been balling out the last couple of weeks, but you played the Jets, the Colts and the Jets again. So, you know, with Zach Wilson, not not the Mike White machine that is uh, down there in Gang Green right now. But Bruno, what is so annoying to me about this game is the fact that, like, you know, we've been Patriots fans long enough to know that Bill Belichick's whole thing defensively is he wants you to play left-handed. He wants you to play yep. with uh, your most go-to, your most sure thing, just completely wiped out of the game. Like that NFL films clip where he's talking about Chad Ochocinco, like, hey, we're doubling you every play, so you're not going to beat us. That's that's what Bill does. Well, who's the best player on the Vikings? Maybe in all of offensive football. Justin Jefferson, maybe. The one that got away. People forget. The one that got away. Nine receptions for 139 yards and a touchdown. Now, with that being said, it's not like Bill didn't try to take him out of the game. Because they doubled him all the time. But, like, I I just expected him not to do so much damage, you know? Kurt, that one, and I know we're going to, you were probably going to get to this, but I just can't hold it in any longer. That one where he just ran through the double team and he just caught it, caught that like 40 yard pass in the middle of the double team was just, inf- I was like, what the fuck, Patriots? <laughs> <laughs> so that was like an east west double. No, but like, <laughs> dude, I, at some point, though, we have to give credit <laughs> to Justin Jefferson. He is unbelievable. Right. right. No, that's fair. So, I don't know, dude. What I was most surprised about, they didn't get any pressure on Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Matt Judon was blocked in 80 different ways this game. Chips from the tight end. Dalvin Cook chipped him every single play. Like, they, like Kevin O'Connell was like, okay, I'm not letting Matt Judon beat us. So, that was just kind of like a chess match thing. And... uh I don't know. It didn't it didn't go great for the Patriots, Bruno. No. And Kurt, I'm not saying this and you're not saying this either. I no one is saying this yet. But because we saw this happen last year, I know it's too early to overreact from one game. But because we saw last year, 
Matt Judon play absolutely dominantly well in the first half of the season and fade down the stretch. Again, not saying anything. He spent this whole offseason being like, I'm improving my training. I'm not going to let that happen. And so far, there's, there's shown no signs of that being a thing. It's only one game. But, Kurt, there has to be a little part of you in the back of your head that's like, oh, no, like we can't have that happen again this year. It's in there. It's creeping. <laughs> it's, it's creeping. It's Kurt, it's fucking creeping. Bruno, do you have any more thoughts about the Vikings game before we just talk briefly a little bit about what's to come? Not just echoing what you're saying. It is very typical for the Patriots to take away what works best for the other team. And when Justin Jefferson, when it's like when football casuals like my dad are like, oh, yep, here goes Jefferson again. Like when my dad is nailing fucking correct takes up there, it's like, okay, that's not not exactly uh, heartening to see. But Kurt, you know. What are you going to do? The game is over. Let's uh, move on to some of the takeaways for the rest of the season. We can't go back and change this game, Kurt. What do we What do we got to do the rest of the season? So, <clears throat> Bruno, there are six games remaining on the Patriots schedule. Yes, sir. They are currently six and five. <laughs> we've, yes, played, sir. we've played this game too many times. We have. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> but do you think there's any chance they can get in with nine wins? Uh, I'm really quick just pulling up the standings. So the teams around us are, so the Bills and Dolphins, unless there's a collapse, are both getting in. So it's really just the Bengals or Jets or Chargers. The Bengals and Jets each have seven. Us and the Chargers each have six. So that would mean the Bengals and Jets can only win, well, maybe two wins the rest of the year and the Chargers three. I mean, I have a feeling the Bengals are going to have more than nine wins. So maybe it comes down to the Jets. I, I think we could sneak into the seventh seed with nine wins, maybe. So if here's the Jets my thing. Chargers implode. I think the Jets, I think the Jets are gonna fade a little. I think the Jets are gonna sit at nine wins. Okay. So that means it's down to the Patriots and the Chargers. I think the Bengals are in. The Bengals and Ravens, whoever wins that, like it doesn't matter. Those teams are both gonna be in. So I think Fair there enough. are three teams playing for one spot. The Char- yeah, us, Jets yeah. and the Patriots. I mean, the Chargers and the yep. Patriots. Now, if you look at the Chargers schedule. I'm pulling it up now. If, this is why if they could have lost the Cardinals. Oh, my the, Oh my God. Their schedule is horseshit, Kurt. Who fucking made the schedule? Well, so here's the problem. They're going to beat the Raiders. Yeah, Kurt, there's multiple games they're going to win. They're going to beat the Raiders. They play the Rams the second to last game who have no one healthy, and they're going to be out of the playoffs by then. They're playing the Broncos the last game of the season. They fucking suck. They're playing the Colts who are fucking cupcakes. That's like four wins. They're, that's ten wins. Oh, my. We're gonna, the Chargers are going to have to charge it for us. <laughs> who do we need to call, Kurt? I'm going to need the Dolphins <laughs> to hurt the Chargers. Oh my God! That's I hadn't looked at the Chargers schedule before this point, Kurt, and I'd like to rescind my nine wins get us to the playoffs. Take what if, what if somehow the Raiders beat them? Like, but Kurt, don't we play the Raiders? What if the Raiders beat us? (laughs) No, don't do that. (laughs) Okay, fine, fine, fine. I think we have a good. The Raiders beat the Chargers. Yep. I think we have a good defense. I don't know about the Chargers. Well, we're going to have to not do the Justin Jefferson treatment to Devonta Adams that game if we're going to want to have any chance. Or maybe maybe we ride with Russell Wilson. Let's ride. Yeah, so I don't know. Kurt, I should have looked at the schedules before you posed that question. I, I pretty much agree with you. I feel like Cincy and Baltimore are both in. So you're right. It's us, the Jets, and the Chargers. 
I, I, I don't looking at this chargers schedule is depressing and I, I, I don't want to look at it. So we're just going to have to hope that the chargers do what they do every year where they should make the playoffs and then they don't in heartbreaking fashion. Maybe they, maybe they just have to win. Kurt, here's the angle. They, they need to win in the last game of the regular season against the Broncos or they miss the playoffs and we make it. That's my birthday, January 8th. The Broncos win on my birthday. Send us to the playoffs and the Chargers home. Nice. Done. I like it. Bruno, Done. That's so the angle. I realistically think the Patriots have to get to 10. 10. I agree. So that would mean four and two over the next six. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, For shit. shits and just to play again to play the game. Okay. They're beating the Cardinals and Raiders just to play the game. We have, I mean, I, yeah, we have to. We have to assume that, Kurt. We have to. So now you got four games left, and you need to go two and two. Okay. You got the Bills, you got the Bengals, you got the Dolphins, and you got the Bills again. I think the easiest path here is you go one and one in the Bills games, right. and you go one and one in the Dolphins Bengals game. You know, is Kurt- it impossible? No. Is it probable? Also, no. Kurt, you know what hurts about that? That I first thought, but then I I rethought it and I took it back. I was normally going to be like, maybe the Dolphins and Bills are resting players at the end of the season, but people forget they're so close in record that they're probably playing for the... Like, those two games could determine the division. So they are not... I don't think they're going to be resting players in no. those games. Zero percent chance. So, so here's, yeah. here's the path, Bruno. Okay, I'm ready. The Patriots have to win on Thursday night. I'll be there. I'll tell them. I'll tell for you, well, Kurt. I'll tell and, them. <laughs> oh, Bruno. Oh. <laughs> They're wearing the red uniforms. They can't lose. Red tro. Red tro. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I know. We uh, we do have to. We do have to beat them. Like you can't. You can't wait. To, you can't wait any longer. Like you got to put some wins together now. And okay, here's where I I teeter back and forth. I wake up. I'm like, they're gonna do it. They're gonna beat them. And then I like sit there and my thoughts are like, they didn't punt the last two games we played them. Um, but then I but Josh then Allen I, injured though. But then I'm like, oh, the Jets beat them. And then I'm like, the Vikings beat them. We just played the Vikings pretty close. And then I'm like, God, the Lions almost beat them, and we thrashed the Lions. So I'm like, okay, I don't think they're as much of a wagon as we thought. And then I go back to this thought. I'm like, well, the Patriots, like, I'm like, I'm thinking about last year's, you know, playoff game. And this popped up on my timeline today. I'm ready. You know who was the starting cornerback opposite Jalen Mills last year in the AFC wildcard game? Who? Kurtai. Whomst. Devontae Busby. Hell yeah. He no longer plays in the NFL, Bruno. Well. So it gives me a little <laughs> more like, okay. Maybe they can do this, you know? Yeah. I just, I need to know what happens. I need to be Thursday night at midnight. Kurt, here's what's going to happen. I'm just going to throw it out there for you right now, okay? It's going to be the last game of the regular season. We're going to be at nine wins. Wait. If Chargers and us both finish at 10, we have the tiebreaker or no? Depends on your conference record, which we have a better record right now. Okay, say say it comes down to the last game of the regular season. Chargers are at ten, we're at nine. If we win, we'd have the tie break on them. 
the last game of the regular season is my birthday, January 8th. A Bruno, a Brua birthday miracle. Mr. Dangerous beats the Chargers. The Patriots beat the Bills. Last day of the regular season, we both finish at 10. We win the tiebreak, seven seed playoffs going up against the Bills rematch from last year. No, I don't want the, that'd be the Bills like three times in eight weeks again. Uh, <laughs> what I will well, say, fine, fine, fine. people forget the Chargers last year were could have played for a tie and they could have both went to the playoffs yes. with the Raiders. They didn't do that. Maybe more of that this year. Maybe that scenario will yeah. appear again. Heartbreak for the Chargers. Yes, sign me up for that, Kurt. Bruno, I'm so serious. If we lose Thursday night, you're doing the pod by yourself next week. Kurt, I'll do it. We've talked about doing that in the past. I'll be I'll so do sad. It. I mean, Kurt, you you can make the argument that it might be my fault if we lose because I'm going to be there. So well, it's been my fault twice and we've done podcasts. Yeah, but you had built up like what nineteen and zero fucking record before that point. So I don't have the same uh, pedigree coming into this game as you have. You have pedigree. Shut up. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm a little, I'm a little yeah. grumpy talking to the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, Kurt. You know we're gonna do our best. Listen, it's always darkness before dawn. I think that was what I texted Kurt when Kurt was like, "Yep, uh, remember that time that everybody else won and we lost this week?" I was like, "Kurt, it's always darkest before dawn." That's all I got. Uh, so, Kurt. Here's to dawn coming soon. That's all I can say. There's light on the end of the tunnel. Uh, horizon or uh, the dawn will be here on the horizon, Kurt. It's going to start this week, Kurt, because here's the, the crazy thing. As I, my last point I'll make, if we win this week, that brings us right into Cardinals Raiders. So we could be staring at a three-game winning streak. We could. Who says no? We could. Bruno, uh, what was Dan Campbell's line in Hard Knocks? He was like, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. If you see a light, <laughs> it's a train coming. Like... <laughs> Do we trust what Dan Campbell says? I mean, I don't know. No. <laughs> Kurt, trust me when I say this. I'm picking the Patriots to win on the pick six, which people forget we kind of have to also talk about because it's on Thursday. So we'll talk about that. That'll be something we'll talk about. Another but, Wednesday. Kurt, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Patriots to win. I'll, I'll be at this, I'll do it live from the Southeast game with my cousins. Oh, so that'll, 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 that'll be electric. Maybe it's tomorrow. Um, we'll chat. Yeah, Kurt, we're gonna chat. We're gonna chat. Uh Kurt. I'm picking the Patriots to win this week. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to the game. You can think it over. You don't have to decide right now. Just tell me in the pick six. But, Kurt, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, one way or another, Kurt, much like this past week, we're going to have a longer time to digest whatever happens in the Patriots game because we record, you know, start of the week and the Patriots play on Thursday. So at least it won't be, you know, as fresh next week when we record. But maybe it'll be good. You know, let's just, Kurt, it's going to be great. They're going great. from playing three games in 12 days. Then having 11 days off to go play the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Well, Bruno, take me out of here. Kurt, Kurt, take me home country roads. Uh, another podcast in the books. Uh, another fucking kept pretty long short. podcast in the kept books. It's pretty short today. Only two hours. Uh, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Brings down our average podcast time. Uh, but, you know, Kurt and I are having a lovely time. And so are the Patriots. So <laughs> thank you all for listening. Shout out to our sponsors who uh, are pleased that the Patriots will be starting their three-game winning streak this week, as will I. Um, shout out Robert Kraft. And, you know, uh, we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys.